Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 68 Best Bets Show, presented by Bet Rivers. We are the three-man weave, here to take you through another fantastic slate of college basketball. But first, as we always do, let's get some takeaways from the boys here, from Matthew, from Jim, a little bit from Kai as well. Matthew in Florida, still wearing the, the lovely hat. Takeaways from yesterday, good friend. It's amazing how simple it is to handicap the Big Ten, Kai. You just bet on the team that's playing where their institution is located. So we call that home in this business, Jim, the other teams on the road. Uh, it's really that simple. Um, yeah. Indiana just kind of, a. I mean, don't can't really say they can, they deserve to win that game when you're down 19 and a half, whatever the margin was, but obviously uh, some, some fishy whistle uh, late there wow. at Wells Shrine. Wow. Yeah. Don't, I mean, come don't on, get the technicals, tech. though. Don't get technicals. Woodson didn't deserve a tech. Come on. I saw some good tweets. Like, Fran McCaffrey is, like, yapping up a storm every day on the sideline. Woodson says one thing, loses cool. I, I don't. Come on. Hmm. Have thicker skin. Have thicker skin, Zebras. I feel 0% bad for the Hoosiers who were getting boat raced for. Yeah, they got. It was first first half loss that game. I agree. Uh, biggest confusion is Nick Smith Jr. being a total zero for Arkansas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. came out after the game that he wasn't banged up or anything. Mr. Musselman just felt they needed to win, so he didn't want to play <laughs> his top five recruit, and they didn't right. win. So, right. hmm, not a real great uh, response on that one. Uh, Big East games are awesome. Keep watching the top half of the Big East. Xavier Marquette, fantastic last night. Every one of those games involving Creighton, Providence, Xavier Marquette are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, Kai, Atten Wright for Cal State Northridge had 42 oh, yeah. last night. Wow. The rest of his team had 20 and they lost by 15. But, uh, you know, tip the cap to him for trying 20. to carry the load. 28 of their 32 first half points to cover by a half point for those 11 and a half backers. The Matadors. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Jim, what games you just mentioned I wanted to talk about? Gosh, Big East? My... No, the first one. Uh, oh, Arkansas. Smith, Arkansas. Total coach speak. Muscleman, I don't believe a word he said in that, in that interview. That was probably him firing back and being 
curmudgeon after the or, loss. Or potentially covering for the injury, maybe. Covering for the player. Like, throw maybe. the bullets at me instead. I could see that being the case. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, takeaways for me. Tennessee. Still good, guys. Don't worry. Tennessee's good still. Don't worry. No no one panic on Tennessee. Uh, Northwestern. Matt mentioned it. Second place in the Big Ten. Sole possession of second place. That's nuts. Didn't expect that to happen. They're ranked eighth in Kim Palm in the Big Ten. Pretty funny stuff. Pretty Best fun. backcourt in the league, Kai? Uh, I'm going to say no without thinking about it, Jim. I'm okay. say no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into uh, today's action, though, with a couple good backcourts, actually. Purdue at Maryland in the Big Ten. Purdue laying one and a half on the road. Matthew, you said Big Ten home. Just take the home team. Are you taking the home team here? Yeah, 62-38 on the year. Um, so... It's pretty good. I don't know what else to say at this 62%. point. Like, there you go. That's, I mean, it's amazing. So, I mean, 18% ROI, Jim. Um, not a big finance guy, but uh, my my portfolio is quite strong to quite strong. It's not 18% strong. So, again, I'm sorry it's a broken record at this point, but that's it is what it is. I guess you want to get a matchup take, I'll throw one in. I think the versatility of Maryland can certainly pose some issues to Purdue. I know you're more of a Purdue believer in these guards. You could argue they're hitting a wall, a younger freshman wall. Teams are learning to kind of scheme against the ED dynamic. I don't know. I still think Maryland wins tonight solely because of the home spot. Yeah, agreed. Maddie, let's get you to crank it down just a, just a hair. Am I too hot? Too hot? Thank you. Yeah, Thank you're, you're, you're a little you hot. Candor. You're hot yeah. on the mic. Um, yeah, the first meeting was totally bricktastic. Neither team could shoot whatsoever. Uh, that was kind of the main storyline. ED still dominated, though. Um He's going to. If you don't double him consistently every single time and force them to shoot over the top, he's going to score like crazy. Uh, and he's even better uh, as like a role man than I think he gets credit for. People think you just, oh, throw it to the block, robotic turn, right hook. Like he's he's actually a lot more versatile than that. Uh, and that could give Maryland problems. Mm-hmm. But Kai, the big angle here is, is like Matt said, home. Maryland is 10 and four against the spread at home. Yep. Purdue is two and five on the road against the spread. So it, it really tells you that you should tilt pretty heavily towards Maryland. I actually think the value has been bet out of this. Like really Purdue's only like one and a half. I don't know. Just the, the, what the spread is telling me of how close these teams are. I don't fully buy. Yeah. I think it is very baked in that people love big 10 home court yes. already. Yes. Home court is baked in the line as it is every game, but especially today. Right. They're, they're, Wait, they're, hold the phones though. Kempom has this one. I actually okay. don't think it's Big Ten. Well, he's baking at home. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he's fully captured the recent Big Ten surge. That's oh, you don't think I so? Think, I, I think he, he see, gives Maryland a lot of credit for his let's home. See court. what he has from Maryland home. I'll yeah, right I, I think now. John John Fendler was saying on Twitter today how Maryland has blown out a few teams recently that like true. We'll being see. Minnesota by thirty five on the road lifted them 10, 10 spots. Yeah, and like, do you really point. think differently about Maryland because they whooped shorthand in Minnesota? I don't. So this line could have been three. Three and a half a few no. days ago. Yeah, but uh, the road home splits are real, and, and Purdue has lost two to three. Both were on the road. They are certainly weaker away from Mackey. I, that, I think that's definitely true. Game one was close. The Terps, if you guys recall, 60 possessions, 113 points. Maryland was able to slow the game down. Edie had a fantastic game. Both teams are pretty cold in that game. Like Jim said, like Matt said, there's no answer for Edie here. And frankly, Maryland's defense – as a whole, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. They're solid. They're not great. And they're going to give up a lot of looks with the with Edie's gravity. I actually lean towards Purdue here, getting back on track at minus one. Um, I, I, I still think they're significantly better than Maryland. But it is a Big Ten home. I stayed away. 
Yeah, I am sick of fighting upstream against that with yes. uh, the last couple of days of Illinois and Indiana. Thankfully, actually back to Wisconsin, but it, yeah, no no fun back in road teams right now. Agreed. Well, let's see if we want to back a road team here. It's Ohio State at Iowa. And Jim, I, I know that Ohio State is, and these are real stats, 1-11 straight up and against the spread in their last 12 games. But seven and a half points is a massive spread. And Ohio State manhandled Iowa in their previous game. They beat them by 16. No Pat McCaffrey, but still. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, this is, again, the spread is higher than it should be, but I kind of get it. Um, I think Ohio State might have quit on the year. I think there's a little bit going on there. That effort against Michigan mm-hmm. State on Sunday at home was horrific. They scored like 14 points in the first half, looked disinterested. I was really unimpressed. And I mentioned the home road splits with Purdue, Maryland. Let's do it again here. Ohio state one and seven on the road against the spread this year, Iowa 11 and three covering by two a game. And remember that includes a 43 point ATS loss against Eastern Illinois. They're still covering like that. Yeah, right. Uh, they're nine and one against the spread at home when Chris Murray plays. And the one game they did not cover without him was they were two and a half point favorites and they won by two. So like they've been really, really good against the spread when Chris Murray plays, I think there's a little bit of bounce back effort, Kai, after that first meeting, like you said, where mm-hmm. Ohio State actually handled them. I don't think it's any sort of like mismatch that you can't overcome in a second meeting. Matthew, I, I lean towards Big Ten home again. I, I, it's it's high. Laying seven and a half is steep, but uh, I'm not impressed with Iowa State. I think Iowa handles them. Yeah, I you know simplistic thought here, but I agree. I lean Iowa pretty hard. I maybe would be more inclined to take first half at like four if you can find that. Um, but you know, Ohio State played sub 60 possessions last game against the Michigan state. I think they're just trying anything at this point. I you know, trying to slow it down. Um, just don't have any fluidity or flow on offense at this point. The under has been hit a little bit. Kyle, but one fifty four and a half down to one fifty two and a half. I think people are looking at the Ohio state kind of change in approach or just general offensive ineptitude. I don't know what it is. I guess I can see that. Maybe I certainly lean Iowa more than I like the under, um, but no official play. I mean, that's just such a high number. Like, you know, I wish I just had the, I wish I had the old handicapper out of me. I could just lay it and look at that home road split, but I still, you know, have my numbers and it just doesn't feel like it's a fair, a fair price. Yeah. Game one went over pretty easily. 71 possessions too. They, they played fast. Um, since that game, I'm seeing two and four to the under. So Ohio state maybe has put the brakes on a bit, but I think the point of this one is efficiency is going to be high. I, I think both teams can score on one another defense, not great. And I kind of the same question as Jim has Ohio state quit on the season. Are they just kind of giving up here? Or is there still some fight left? I kind of lean towards quit just based on what I've seen the last couple games. Um, and certainly fading Iowa at home is not something I want to do. So even though seven and a half seems like way too high to me, um, I, I am going to stay away here and put my money elsewhere. Perhaps on this game, Gonzaga at Loyola Marymount Gonzaga is laying eight on the road. LMU, Matt, going for a sweep of Gonzaga, pretty tall order. They won at the kennel. They did get some fortunate shooting luck, but still, absolutely impressive. Do the Zags punch back, or does LMU do the impossible? I kind of like LMU here. I, I think the the angle I was initially gravitating toward was the Zags road revenge, but this Zags team just doesn't quite have that same juice to put teams away quickly, and this LMU squad is really playing with some real mojo right now. Um, I don't think any podcast has mentioned the name Rick Azanza more than I have on this show. 
Um, but clearly he's back and he plays about half the game, but he's an absolute force up front. Doesn't score a ton, but he can at least neutralize the Zag size. Um, their only two bad games in like the last month or whatever have been the two that he missed. I right? got blown out by BYU. It's a bad spot, obviously, coming off the Gonzaga win. But then he got boat raced by Pacific without him, too. Comes back against St. Mary's. I know that was more about the Cam Shelton shooting um, you know, bonanza, but it, still, the fact that you at least have some interior beef because that's always been LMU's, LMU's issue, Jim. We know they can score. We know they can shoot. But if you have a little bit of a presence up front, that at least gives you a puncher's chance. Um, and I think they compete here tonight. They've been good at home. So I like the Lions at the better price. Yeah, this was gut like, oh, Gonzaga probably rolls them after being embarrassed at home. Not embarrassed, but like having that home winning streak snap. <clears throat> but the more I dig into it, I think Loyola Marymount absolutely competes. They kind of punked Gonzaga on the glass in the first meeting. Uh, And they had double the turnovers of Gonzaga, 16 to eight, and still beat them at their place. Like, I I think they controlled the game a lot more than I even realized and caught on uh, until looking into the details. And Merck Veladze didn't play. One of their big time stretch forwards helps them space the floor. Shelton is going to be a demon off the bounce here because I don't really trust Gonzaga's perimeter defenders. I like Loyola Marymount too, Kai. Uh, Getting less than double digits isn't super exciting to me, but... Man, Ken Palm has it six. You're getting nine. I think I'm okay with that. I LMU is just better than I thought they were. Yeah, spread seems high. I, I do tend to think Gonzaga punches back, asserts their will on offense. It's it's still the best offensive team in the WCC by a fair margin. Um, I think they'll force turnovers for 16 in game one um, when when LMU had a fully, fully healthy backcourt. You mentioned Malaze being out, but their guards did play. Um you know, I, I tend to think, does LMU have a roadmap or have confidence because they've beaten this team before? They know they can do it. Or do they fade and just say, ah, oh, we did it already. We're not going to do this unprecedented feat beating the Zags twice in one year. I don't know. I, I tend to lean towards this too high, Jim, and I lean LMU, or I just stay away. Next game, Pac-12 action, Utah at Arizona. Big spread here. Arizona minus 11. Jim, us bracketologists know that Arizona is still kind of in play for a one seed here. I would say they probably need a win here. Um, Utah still outside has an outside shot at the dance. Plenty of Q1, Q2 opportunities left. Utah beat Arizona in the first game by a significant margin. Can they hang again in Tucson? I don't think so. Uh, I think they caught Arizona in the spot of all spots. Arizona coming back from Maui and then going to elevation. They shot four for 28 from three. I think it was perfect setup for Utah there. And now with Arizona coming off a loss, uh, Utah without Gabe Madsen for an extended period of time, one of their better perimeter shooters. I don't like this one for the Utes, Matt. I love Craig Smith, and maybe he kind of junks it up and figures out how to keep it close, but I lean heavily towards Arizona both first half and full game just from the spot and and the remember or the, the memory of that really, really disappointing effort at Utah where they were just the worst travel spot you can imagine. Yeah, I'm obviously partial to Craig Smith, so when I see 11... Um, I'm a little bit tempted here, but I've also been partial to Arizona. I've been kind of the defender of this team, despite some serious defensive issues that have kind of blossomed on the perimeter. Uh, we talked about how we don't always trust their guard play, a little bit erratic. Um, but I think the number's about right, Kai. Open at nine and a half, up to 11. I think that's probably where it should be. Mm. Some money on the under, 147 down to 146, 145, but nothing profound here, I'll be <clears> honest. I'll kick it over to you. Give us some give a hot take. Give me a hot take. I don't know if I can give get really hot. Uh, it was a good spot, but Utah also has a lot of size and Arizona's not super used to, to being uh, kind of equal in, in that department. 
and Tubelis was six for 15 in game one. Ballo was pretty dominant for sure, but Utah out rebounded Arizona. Carlson was excellent. And he has the ability to stretch the floor. He can bring Ballo away from the rim, which I think is pretty important uh, on, on the Utah's offensive end. Arizona was four for 25 from three in game one. That that probably changes things. Um, Utah does defend without fouling. That's key against Arizona. I think 11 is too many points. I, I think they can hang around here. You are going to get a quote-unquote angry revenge spot Arizona here, but double digits is a lot. And Utah has a lot of motivation in this game as well. So lean towards the Utes ever so slightly. Chat mob part one, Matt. Hit us. Wow us with your chat mob abilities. Jim, oh, I, I usually do. Uh, Jim, we're going to go obscure to start us off. Creepy Carl, Tennessee Tech Lindenwood is the inquiry here. I cannot figure out this conference for the life of me. Please show me the illuminate some insight here. Uh, current spread sitting at a touchdown, Tennessee Tech laying seven against Lindenwood. Your thoughts? I, I can't say I have a lot for you here. Um, both, both these teams have been kind of up and down. I thought Tennessee Tech maybe was on to something this year, and no, it, it has not been the case. Last couple of games been sort of disappointing, especially at Tennessee State. I thought they had a chance to compete there. Um, at home, it, maybe I lean towards them, but I, I don't have a good read on these at all, so do not take any of my opinions strongly here. All right, noted. I won't then. Um, Mr. McKeon, Michael Zhang, UTEP, UAB. Mm. You know the Blazers are a different team with Jelly Walker back in the mix. Uh, you UTEP took them to double OT in that first meeting. What do you think happens during the rematch? I don't know. I lean towards UAB. UTEP's inability to score. Yeah, it's maddening. Just every single game, it just kind of puts them, I think, a little bit behind the eight ball, especially against a team like UAB that can get ferociously hot and has by far the most talent on the floor. So lean towards UAB, not strong. UTEP yeah, is the six, Mississippi yeah. State of the CUSA. Yeah, just horrific shooting. Yes. Good coaching can only carry you so far. I still look at that roster and I don't don't love it for my minors. Um, Jim, Memphis UCF. We'll be talk about that, I believe. On the yes, it's coming on the right outline out of the right after yep. that. So a lot of takes on that one. Another one from Merrimack Hartford. That's a best bet. Wink wink. Stay tuned. Will Herman. Kai Ray Ray. UNC Wilmington Drexel the Dragons. Short mm. spread here um against Wilmington, who has been more vulnerable. I would say the last few weeks here, basically a pick of some money coming in on the road. Seahawks. What are your thoughts? Yeah. The, uh, the Drexel dragons have been competitive, uh, really competitive, way, way better than league play than I expected them to be. So they kind of scare me a little bit. I, I do always lean towards Wilmington in, in these colonial games, but they haven't been the same team away from Trask. And I don't know if Noah Ross came back, but he's clearly affected them being out of the lineup. So if he's out again, I'd probably just stay away. Yeah, it seems like Ross is out long term. Uh, no more, yeah. no Bergens for Drexel. I, I still like Wilmington there stubbornly. We'll see if that is idiotic. Uh, how about uh, from Wonka? Is UCLA laying two touchdowns too many against the Tree Kai, who are playing better ball? Uh oh, talented by low are the Tree. I don't buy it, but is it too many points? I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about this one. I, I think the I line's too. about right. I don't buy the tree whatsoever, Matthew. Stanford, maybe it, maybe it's a low possession game, though. Low enough to where 13 and a half points is too much to cover. Probably lean that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think Stanford the shot King 10 for 18 in. from three last game. I, I think that was aberrational more than a trend. Another similar West Coast large favorite, Jim Aaron Marshall, asking St. Mary's. They lay the wood to San Diego and the fighting Steve Lavins, who... Uh, I'm giving up at keeping track on who's playing and who's not. You have better feel there. Does any of that matter though against the Gales and their precise offense? Probably not. I, I think you know you'd like to have a full deck of cards if you're San Diego, but I don't 
really think it matters. I think St. Mary's crushes them. And a reminder, the tiebreaker in the WCC is net ranking. So there is heavy incentive for if you can blow somebody out, you want to beat them by 40. It's a great point. Actually might be another good feather in the uh, Gonzaga cap tonight for those of you who buy the full throttle. I saw some people talk about that. I kind of like that. Um, Northern Arizona at Eastern Washington, late one here from the Paris. Eastern Washington has been a mini juggernaut out in that conference, Mr. McKeon. Yeah. NAU, I think they have backdoor potential, but they don't guard anybody. So I like the over. That's what I'll say there. 151, I like the over. Yeah, lean over. Both teams score. NAU doesn't play defense. Uh, I'm not fading EW, man. <clears throat> They've been incredible this season. They're still undefeated in the big sky. That's nuts. Good for them. Yeah, good uh, for them. Eastern Jim? Washington shooting 65% from two in league play. Like, 65 percent that's insane get buckets man they, they get David Riley can coach they get great looks yeah he's many Shante Leans. they know what they're doing uh last one here at the horn gym sorry I know you're not keen on the OVC here but yeah, Eastern yeah. Illinois versus SEMO I'll throw you one more uh Red Hawks versus the fighting Marty Simmons thoughts I mean just gut senses SEMO I'm not a buyer of this Eastern Illinois team they've won two straight somehow they won by 11 at SIUE I certainly can't explain that result scored 84 points on them um, it, it seems like Eastern Illinois is willing to play fast if you are going yep. to play fast. And SEMO is certainly a, an up and down team. So slightly towards the over. And I just think SEMO is better. Yeah, money on the over is going to say three points from the opener up to 151. Um, so I kind of agree with you there. All right, back to the outline. Memphis, <clears throat> UCF, Kai, let's do it. Yep, UCF going to Memphis. Memphis is laying seven at home. Game one was a doozy between these two. A little reminder, double overtime, 107 to 104. UCF won. Kendrick Davis was unbelievable. 42 points, 21 for 23 from the free throw line. But despite that, Jim, UCF pulled it out with no Darius Johnson. 16 for 35 from three. It was a crazy game. Uh, Who do you like in this one? Uh, I kind of like Memphis. UCF seems like they're they're trending back towards reality. They're one of those teams that had insane three-point shooting defense numbers early in the year kind of like Tennessee, and that has really uh, come back to bite them. They're also playing faster offensively in league play. Seven of their last nine games have gone over. The other two that didn't actually push. So 7-0-2 to the over recently. Seems like an actual trend there. My, my numbers yeah. indicated under here, Matthias, and I. the more I dug into it, it was like, no, no, don't you dare bet an under with what could be a foul fest with the way Memphis plays and UCF's just uh, recent trends. So not a super strong take in the side. Um, and just kind of a lean through the over based on the way UCF's been playing recently. Yeah, I mean, look, look at Memphis. Uh, here are their point totals, Kai's dating back to January 19th. 88, 75, 99, 80, 90, 99, 86. And that's against some, I would call, fairly strong defenses who don't exactly play at a breakneck tempo. I like the over as well. Um, two dance partners willing to run. Interesting enough, Jim, our guy KAO has been starting recently, but hasn't really seemed to help Memphis's defense all that much. Um, just sort of looking at their efficiency yeah. numbers here. The young man can only do so much. He's got yeah. octopus arms, but that's uh, if you're just funneling everything to him, what are you going to do? My final point here is Houston lingers on deck this Sunday for Memphis. So you could argue there's a sandwich spot angle here, even though it is at home. I actually kind of like the road nights here. You know, they're athletic enough, long enough. I don't think they're overwhelmed by Memphis at all. That's a yeah. very good point. That's like their season is the Houston game. That's their tournament season, right? They have two chances, I think, yeah. Jim, did you mention the the over trend for UCF recently? They're, yeah, seven seven zero and two to the over yeah. last night. I mean that's nuts. And in Memphis, we know scores. Um, Memphis is looking pretty good for an at large right now. Uh, cusp cusp on the ten seat on the cusp. Most of them have most bracketologists have them on the eleven, um, but they need to not trip up too much down the stretch. I think it's a good revenge game for them here. 
I think they're going to force turnovers. I think Davis scores at will. I don't think UCF is going to hit 16 threes again. The line's probably about right at, at seven points. Um, so I, I am staying away. Memphis gets a little bit erratic still near end games, can cost you some backdoors. Um, Real quick here, Kai, back to, we, I think, hit the hammer, the overdrum into the ground, just a kind of indication of how much better the college basketball, how much sharper the market, the market's gotten both on the odds maker side and the betting side. Kempom has this 144. It's basically 150. It opened around 149. So yep. it's uh, overs not as obvious as you think sometimes. Hard to win in February. Market is a lot sharper. Yes. Because things become more clear, more objective, guys, not subjective. Colorado at Arizona State is our next game in the Pac-12. Arizona State laying four. Colorado is still somehow liked by analytics, Matt. They're top 60 in Kempom, despite being 14 and 12, 6 and 9 in the Pac-12. Very mediocre team, especially on the road. They're 1 and 8 straight up in true road games. They're 1 and 7 and 1 against the spread with a minus 8 cover margin on the road. Do you like Arizona State? Great setup for my best bet. Yes, I do, Kai. Even at the worst number, minus four, I am taking the fighting Bobby Hurley and the Sun Devils, despite the known late-season swoon Mr. Hurley is accustomed to. Key dynamic tonight, Warren Washington is expected back. I think he is like maybe the most important player on that roster with how awesome he is at defending the rim and how that's been kind of the identity of this year's team despite the recent struggles. Um, I took Utah over the weekend, just kind of fading Colorado. I think I'm just going to ride this fade Colorado train. In general, it's tough to find mispriced Kai, as you mentioned, you know, bad prices at this point in the season. You're kind of looking to maybe find some streaks or some uh, falling knives or some soaring comets. I think the uh, yeah, current I form, think current form, basically. Yeah, and I'm looking to fade Colorado. So I think Arizona State with Washington back tonight is the right team to do it with. So give me the Sun Devils minus four. Yeah, Washington matters a ton. Uh, the first game between these two was really weird. Uh, Colorado was up 12 with like six minutes left and then scored three points the rest of the way and collapsed and let Arizona State basically win at the buzzer. Wild game, I remember watching it all the way back in December. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's been a while. The same as the Arizona-Utah rematch yeah. where, like, that was the the early, early Pac-12 stuff. Don't have a super strong take on the side, Matt. These are two teams I'm not totally uh, trusting of. I think they can both be fairly erratic. would imagine they're low on Hazometrics consistency rankings now that I say it out loud and talk through yeah, pull it. Pull it up for you. Uh, I also do sort of like the over, but Washington returning spooks me off it a little bit. Like you said, he's he's a key rim protector. So, Kai, uh, nothing for me on this one. Yeah, and Arizona State's still in the mix for a bid. Um, they probably need to win three or four games here down the stretch. Can't really – can't lose this game. Uh, Jim mentioned December is when these teams played the first time. Crazy you have, we're having conference games that early, but it is the nature of it now. Frankie Collins didn't play. Colorado did, lo- did blow a 15-point lead. Um, I, I expect Arizona State's athleticism, their quickness to give the Buffalo ball handlers some trouble. And I'm going with the curtain of distraction as well, Matt. I'm leaning your way uh, at minus four. Go yeah, Sun Jim. Devils. Go Hurley. Uh, good tee up for me, Jim. Hazometrics 358th is where Arizona State ranks in consistency, implying they are extremely inconsistent. They're also 343rd in their momentum. So they have not been trending in the right direction, but I think Washington uh, helps kind of steady the ship there tonight. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. 
Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, next game here, Florida Atlantic, the darlings of Conference USA. They're heading to Middle Tennessee for their toughest game left on the schedule here. Goodbye, Matt. They're still in good shape for an at-large bid, but margins are always going to be razor thin for a mid-major. Oh, okay. He's getting his, he's getting his shirt. Like, I hope it's Miami Vice. <laughs> I really hope it's the Miami Vice branded stuff. Uh, no, Jim, the, the team store had like five shirts. <laughs> oh, wow. Show us. Winning yeah. in paradise. Let's uh, go, baby. Hoot, hoot. Very cool. Like I said, Jim, though, uh, margins are razor thin for a mid-major making dances in at-large. So there is no slip-ups here. There's not a lot of room for error here. They handle Middle, middle Tennessee easily in game one. What do you think they do tonight? I generally kind of think the FAU line value is fully gone. Uh, Mm -hmm. The fact that they're top 40 in Ken Palm, people are very on board with the fact that they were one of the best ATS teams early in the season. So it's tough to find really good lines for them from a numerical perspective. So you got to look for spots. I don't know if this is a great spot. Having whooped this team already, Middle Tennessee going to be very highly motivated back home in Murfreesboro down there in in, uh, central Tennessee. And I think uh, Middle Tennessee actually has the athletes to kind of match up with FAU's real four out, one in type of stuff, Matthew. Uh, Perhaps FAU dominates the paint. I think Golden can kind of overwhelm Dishman inside. He's got a lot more size than him. But if you're not able to just drive into the lane at will as FAU, then your defense or their offense becomes a little bit more mortal. So I kind of lean towards Middle Tennessee here, but I hope our Owls continue to blow teams out. Yeah, that's exactly what Louisiana Tech did to them over the weekend, Jim. Like, even though FAU was up 17 that game, they were making tough shots and executing at a super high level. And still, it was a struggle to pull away to keep La Tech at bay. Um, and Middle Tennessee replicates that formula. I think they do compete here. I still love my Owls. I'm obviously not going to fade them. Um, but I do worry about that matchup angle. And I think La Tech also exposed the one weakness in FAU's four out, one in. If you have like a power wing or like a, oh, you know, a, a hybrid type of, uh, swing guy that can kind of post up, you can really exploit FAU. And that's where La Tech found success. And, and Middle Tennessee has a couple of those types of dudes. So I'd be worried. I'm worried about Alice and I, but I think they get it done. I wouldn't bet them. It's all yeah. Like, like I said, FAU handled them in game one. They beat them by 18, despite Middle Tennessee hitting 42% of their three pointers. That's pretty hard to do. Thank FAU you, just Ryan. has power wing. It's like a power wing. Power wing. I'm trying to get the right. FAU just has so many weapons, man. They can shoot, they can post, they can drive. They're they're deep, they're old. They're just an impressive team. Um, and Middle Tennessee, which I've said before, is my my whack-a-mole team. Uh, and I think they're whack-a-mole in general. They can beat anybody because they can get hot, especially at home. They're six and three against the spread, plus four cover margin at home this year. There's no doubt they're hyped for this game. And this is the uh CUSA squad this year in FAU coming to your hometown. You're you're hyped up here. Four and a half point spread. I, I do kind of lean towards Middle Tennessee. Um, it's tough being the hunted like FAU is late in the year. You're going to get everyone's best shot. It's really hard not to slip up. So I'm leaning towards Middle Tennessee as well. 
I'll say this, look at FAU's opponent shooting. Everyone's made shots against them the last few weeks, and then FAU hasn't really shot that well. So I actually think there's a little bit of regression in FAU's favor. I'm also just an FAU homer. That's all I'll say. I'm done. Sorry. Last game on the rundown. Yes, we're talking a sun, baby. Excited about this one. Liberty at Kennesaw State, the battle for first place. Winner, Matt, is in sole possession of first place in the sun. It's the only meeting between these two teams as well. So this one's huge. Kennesaw has been awesome this year. They return the second most minutes in the country in college basketball. They're very experienced. They're balanced on both ends. But can they handle Liberty, the best team in the A-Sun by a significant margin? Kennesaw is a six-point dog at home. Your thoughts? Yeah, I like Kennesaw. Um, I'm trying to find the updated. I'm going to toss to Jim here while I can, so he can fill time while I find the A-Sun home splits. It's not as bad as the Big Ten or not as stark as the Big Ten, but it's damn near close. And I think the way Kennesaw shoots, um, I think gives him a puncher's chance. And I, I like Kennesaw. Ton of money coming in on Liberty here. Is there an injury I don't know about, Jim? I don't quite get that. I don't think so. I, I like Kennesaw too. Uh, last time they played at the end of last year, this was a younger version of this Kennesaw squad. Went to overtime, hundred and ninety-three, just a total shootout. I, I think Kennesaw can score here. Liberty's whole thing is pack the paint, make you shoot over the top, and they've had a lot of success with that in this league, which is surprising because the A Sun does take a ton of threes, mm-hmm. but Kennesaw can really shoot it. Twenty-eighth nationally in three-point percentage. I think there's actually that matchup edge for them. They've got some different wing defenders or guard defenders. They can throw at McGee and he is the engine that makes Liberty go offensively. I don't know that Kennesaw is going to get beat up on the glass by Liberty. No. And I also have a Liberty to win the a sun ticket that I'm stressing about Mr. McEwen. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I just think based on matchup and uh, the numbers are slightly a little too high. I lean towards the owls. Kennesaw can shoot. I don't think it's their preference. I think they'd rather tack and get, their buckets inside in the paint, which is a little bit worrisome. They're not really a jump shooting team, but they have the ability to. And I actually, I've done a total 180 on Abdurrahim, the the coach there. I mean, he's built this program in three or four years to top of the A-Sun from bottom of the country. It's been impressive. So I I, I do sort of trust him to to think of a good game plan for this one. Liberty's just tough. They handle the rock. They're not going to be phased by Kennesaw State's athletic long perimeter. They have Darius McGee one of the best players in the country, period. Um, but I do lean towards Kennesaw at home. This is arguably the biggest game in program history. And yep. six and a half points, that's a lot. Uh, uh, at Bet River, six and a half, I, I like Kennesaw. Jim, I can't do math very quickly. Here's what I will tell you. Uh, seven of the 12 A-Sun teams have a cover margin mm-hmm. at home of five points or greater so far this season. Like that's yeah. no, that's... A-Sun, A-Sun home is still very good. Yes, correct. Kennesaw yeah, six and two at home against the number with a 5.3 cover margin. Is that in conference games only? Lante is saying Kennesaw is eight and two against the spread at home, but Liberty three and seven against the spread on the road. I don't know if that's a hundred percent correct. He sounds oh, right. I think directionally. Sorry. No, yeah, he is four right. year. I have conference. I think. Okay. Yeah. I Data. Think that it's weird. Tells a decent story, kind of like we were talking about with those Big Ten games earlier. I, I get it. All right, let's hit chat mob part two before we get into our best bets. What do you got, Matt? There's not a lot, fellas. I'll be honest. Uh, Bill Murray. I'm sorry, Bill Murray. <laughs> William and Mary, Bill Mary, Bill Murray, Bill Mary, William and Mary. You know what I was going for. Uh, They're playing Stony Brook, Mr. McKeon. You've been a Stony Brook. You've been involved in a lot of Stony Brook games recently. Uh, Any take on this one? I think Stony's laying four. Yeah, it feels a tad high to me. I like Stony Brook with Stevenson Moore back in the lineup, but William and Mary's no slouch, and these teams are probably equal on neutral, so four points seems a little bit high. uh, William and Mary very hurt right now. No Jeffress, no Collier. Or, uh, so Collier and I think there's two guys out 
Uh, they've been really banged up. If they're banged up, I'm not taking William Mary. Um, yeah, I'm at William and Mary. I like that team, and they did not cover for me in heartbreaking fashion a few too many times. Jim, how about a Southern Miss at Southern South Alabama? Basically, a pick right now. The uh, I don't love Southern Miss away from home, but I kind of think it's a little short. I lean that way. Yeah, feels a little short. I, I I think the time to fade Southern Miss was that first game after the big home win, Matt. Like you talked about, Monroe, Monroe yeah. got inside that number. Now pick them. Uh, maybe South Alabama's pretty hyped for this one. They just coasted through the Hartford matchup on Thursday, and that darn under pushed for our best bets on the show here. Um, but I, I could see Southern Miss, or excuse me, South Alabama throwing in some junk defenses that mess with Southern Miss a little bit. So I'm I'm backing off there, staying away. I couldn't have less of an opinion on this game. Maybe you do. Uh, Idaho hosting Northern Colorado. Vandals are laying one and a half. I like Northern Colorado, but I've liked them a few too many times this year on the road and not liked the results. Thoughts? Northern Colorado's laying one and a half. They're they're favored. Oh, is it flipped? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Come on, chat. Northern Colorado should be light years better than they are this season. They returned almost everybody from last season, a team that was, was competing at the top of the big sky. Now they're at the bottom. They've been terrible. Their defense is brutal. Having said that, they've been playing better lately. I trust them more at home than on the road, um, but I do lean their way. Yeah, over Matt, absolutely. The, like Idaho these. should score in the post all night. Northern Colorado's guards are yeah, you know, no defense categorically will be better. No defense will be played. Optional. Matador defense, as we call it. Uh, one more from Harry, who sent me a nice little list of games. Jim, how about Asheville-Radford? Fun one in the Big South. Uh, yeah, Radford's so- the better team, but Asheville has the best player in this game. Asheville won the first meeting. Radford Revenge, minus four Highlanders. I mean, yeah, this is like for the title, basically. I believe yeah. Radford's one game back of Asheville. I think Pember's going to have a, a big one. But Radford, I think the first game was the one where, where they just let Pember get his and completely took away everybody else. I need to v- double check that. But I think Radford's really, really well coached. We'll have a strong game plan here. And they're more balanced attack. I think ties this up at the top of the Big South. Uh, let's get Ray Reyes here at the Horn. Uh, interesting matchup, Kai. Tons of market movement. UMKC now a dog at North Dakota State. They opened as a favorite, so big money coming in on the road. Bison. Um, the Ruse are the ultimate whack-a-mole team for me. Yes. I don't know why you'd bet a game involving UMKC, but maybe you have better read than I do. No, I have not been able to figure out UMKC at all this this year. I, I talked to Menzies this offseason, too. I still can't figure this team out. And this would be a classic Kai takes North, North Dakota State because they should roll UMKC over and UMKC, UMKC wins by 20. Yep. So I'm staying fully away from this game. The Summit in general has been tough this season. Tough, 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 tough to figure out. Jim, I'm just going to pick on you here with these uh, OVC games. Do you want a little Moorhead? Do you have a take on Moorhead or no? I have no I take on the OVC. Is Moorhead home? That That's is... my question for you, Matt. Moorhead is at home. They're laying five take Tennessee Moorhead. State. Boom. Yeah, Done. I kind of agree with that. League is <laughs> Tennessee garbage. Tennessee State, Tennessee Tech, talented, underachieving. They're all the same. They're both the same to me. I can't quite ever delineate them. Um, Moorhead's really righted the ship. They won seven of the last eight. They seem like they've kind of figured out. They changed over, I think, all five starters and maybe returned one from last year, and they're really hitting their stride. They changed defenses midseason. I bet, you know, I think I bet all four of those games they did not cover and lost a start and gave up on them. And look, what do you know? Um, Kai, can I throw one to you at the horn here? You may. Um, where is it? I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. I oh, should we talk about the day, day ball game? Yeah, sure. Francis. Um, I was, yes. Who, I was, who are they playing? Who's playing? I don't know. St. Francis versus St. Francis, the, the, the baby. St. Francis the Francis is good. I was trying to see... Um, I was trying to look for ATS because it seems like, as Jim mentioned before the show, it seems like St. Francis Brooklyn 
or New York, whatever your preference is, covers every time they're at home. And it's a weird team. It's a These weird early gym. tips. It, it's it's yeah. I think it really, really helps them. They're eight and four against the spread at home, Kai. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it if it's their actual gym. It, I think they've played there a, like last year, too. I, I don't think it's a new thing. It's like a D3, but it I is think, small. Nearby. It is weird. It's like a rec center thing. Yeah. And it's strange. And they tend to cover there, at least anecdotally. I have not looked at the stats. Eight um, and four against the spread at, at home. Four, sorry. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lean their way, Jim. St. Francis, Pennsylvania is four and nine against the spread on the road. So if you buy and that, that, that's usually a better home team because that travel is like the toughest right. in the, in the NEC. Yeah. Yeah. The Red Flash are the only team with the legit. I would say home court in that conference. They need Jay-Z to open up the, uh, give them the keys to the Barclays, uh, help our Terriers get a real home court there. How about Matty Balte <laughs> asking about Tennessee Martin, SIUE. Jim, I'll give you a pass from OVC action. Oh I like God. the over in this game. I think there is points galore between my Cougars, Kai, and what used to be my Skyhawks. Well, I've kind of abandoned them this year. You're going to Jim or me? I'm going to you. Jim is, uh, okay. I, Jim is immune from uh, any more OVC. I mean, might have been my most opinionated game, actually. Kind of like SIUE. <laughs> uh, well, I got Jim likes I'm SIUE. SIUE now. Who's home? Tennessee Martin? Yep. Tennessee Martin, I think. Tennessee yeah. Martin. <laughs> uh, I'll OVC the home has been just as, it's like, it's been excellent, I think, this year. You want data? I have data. How about yeah. 28 and 16 in conference so far this year? That's a 21% ROI. Not too bad. Again, better that than seems my like portfolio. Not enough games. Not enough games. 44 total. I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll workshop that one, Matthew. Yep. Yeah, please yeah. do. Well, I'm looking at Bet Labs. Come on, Action Network. Your, your Just go to team together. rankings, man. It's way faster. And I'll be able to do math and it's tough. Okay. How about uh, Oral or Oral Bob, Jim, and Houston? Large favorites. I like them both. Any take? Yeah. I think teams are giving their best effort against those teams, but they're starting to both sort of assert their dominance. Arsenal is probably out for Houston, which hurts their depth a little bit, but maybe not a needle mover on the spread. Uh, yeah. I guess gut wise, I like them both. Uh, more Houston has been an awesome first half team or Roberts has been a dominant second half team. That'd be kind of the way I'd split those. I agree. Although Earl Bob did <laughs> collapse second half last game, but no, they're just awesome. Um, love that team. Any at the horn I'm looking, I don't see any, let's go to best pets. Kai start us off. No, you start us off. Thank I'll take it right back. Remind I already us. said Arizona state minus four fading the Buffaloes. Sorry, Tad Boyle. I am a selling Boyle ball for the rest of the year. Headed off to Kai, your best bet. Milwaukee, plus nine and a half now, came down pre-show. Uh, Milwaukee, nine and a half. In my opinion, this spread is is nuts. Um, I, I know how good Youngstown State is. I know how good they are at home. They're just six and five against the spread at home, which actually surprised me. I have it in my head. It's a much tougher place to play. I think Bart Lundy is a super smart coach for Milwaukee. It's a great game planner. And this team beat Youngstown earlier this season by 13 points. It was really good shooting splits. But it's still a good sign they can overcome, they can dominate against the Penguins, and they can hang with the Penguins on the glass. They actually out-rebounded them in matchup one. The winner of this game moves to first place in the horizon. I don't think the Panthers will win, but I think they do hang within double digits here. Give me Milwaukee. Yeah, it feels, like, it feels high. Kai, our guy Jeff Nadu saw the Milwaukee team at the airport, oh, yeah. and he said they're, right. they're locked in after, they're they're locked after in. a bad loss. So we'll Very see. well. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, All right, your turn. Jim, your best Jim. bet. Uh, that's okay. All right. Merrimack Hartford under 123.5. That's one of them. Uh, six of the last eight Merrimack games have gone over, but it's been a lot better shooting for them. And I think these games with Hartford generally tend to be under types when you're in the middle of league play. 
And if you haven't seen the Merrimack zone, it is mystifying. I think a lot of teams have had more success against it in the NEC. Seeing it multiple times through the years, Hartford is going to be like, what, what is this concrete mixer thing? And Hartford's really slow offensively. The zone grinds games to a halt. So uh, like that one. And then also New Orleans, Texas A&M Commerce under 144. I believe I had the under as a best bet in the first meeting a few weeks back. Commerce really slowed them down to a grind. They're playing really slow in league play. That's kind of their MO coming up from D2. Had a 67 possession game that had like 120 points. Hopefully it's that inefficient again. But I think this one's a, a crawl and Commerce really controls the tempo at home. So under 144 there. Commerce well, hey, led by CJ Roberts, formerly. Yes, I guess yes. they actually played in Mizzou, but was committed to Mizzou. So he's, he's been Mizzou. everywhere. Yeah. That guy. Uh, thank you for joining us, guys. If you hit the like button on the way out, that would be most appreciated. Again, thanks for joining. We're back on Saturday. We're off tomorrow. We're back Saturday at 1015 Central for another show. Thanks to Bet Rivers and the Field of 68. Good luck on your bets, and we will see you on Saturday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.